0: Welcome everybody to episode 49 of Martinis with Scott on this coronavirus theme week. Uh, happy St. Paddy's Day. This is the only green I have and also while I'm in self-isolation, self I have been out uh, <clears throat> bushwhacking trails around my property here. So uh, it's been a fun day, been super busy uh, in self-isolation. It's hard to believe. So we're coming to you today, Martinis with Scott from beautiful Fernie, British Columbia and what I'm gonna talk about today with you is business cash flow during a crisis. We have the coronavirus, businesses are being uh, shut down, big and small, you know, like flat out shutdowns if you're in the hospitality service industry like restaurants, bars, uh, yoga studios, gyms, uh, the ski hills, we're in a ski country here, all the local ski hills have been shut down. So we uh, cancel our holiday trip for March break, for example, And many businesses are not necessarily shut down, but they're in serious trouble and they're not going to come out of this thing unscathed. So think airlines, um, hotels, I think uh, occupancy rates are around 10, 20%, depending on where you are right now. I mean, it's just, uh, and this is a big time of year, obviously, March break uh, for big time of year for the hotel hospitality industry, Uh, cruise ships uh, or toast, construction, I uh, was speaking with a special loans officer today. Special loans officers are bank managers that deal with accounts that are in serious trouble within the bank, um, and they're heavily focused on construction because uh, most government jobs are going to be pulled, and um, you know you can't easily cut down your expenses, uh, your fixed costs in the construction business, uh, and the overhead that you carry. So they believe that there's going to be a a significant problem in that industry. Obviously, energy has got its own issues that just sit on top of the coronavirus issues. And so um, oil's tanked, that's making projects unprofitable. And so I don't see that industry coming back uh, unscathed anytime soon. Um, So let's say uh, you're one of these businesses. Let's say your business has completely shut down. Um, Let's talk some strategies about how you might be able to hunker down and save your business rather than going under and closing the doors and never coming back. Which uh, I fear, and the special loans guys that I talk to fear, and the solvency lawyers I talk to fear that that's exactly what's going to happen. So let's let's make sure that doesn't happen to you. Let's hunker down. So before we start about the ins and outs of cash flow, which is what this is all about, it's not about profitability, it's not about marketing, it's not about strategy. This is hardcore cash flow management for a short period of time. Right? This is a transition issue. This is we've got a crisis. We know what it is. Uh, it'll be cured. I don't mean the disease will be cured. I mean the economic crisis uh, will be cured. There'll be a uh, there'll be a time frame. We have to estimate what that is, and then the markets are going to start coming back. Not necessarily stock markets, but your the market for your business, your restaurant, your yoga studio, whatever it is that you're running that has been closed. So, first thing is you need to be in the right frame of mind. Uh, you need a frame of reference uh, that you need to admit that you're in trouble. And that drastic steps are required to save your business. If in fact that's the position that you're in, so we run a uh, at Sinclair Range, we run a, a you know a ten pointer um, uh, checklist as to how to turn around a business. The number one is admit you're in trouble. So what does that mean as a business owner? What are, what does it mean to admit you're in trouble? What it means is to not be reactionary, to not you know take the money that you have, pay it you know, to the people that you think are most important tell is gone, um, and then go out of business, right? It's, it's to not react one by one to the arrows that are coming at you every single day, multiple errors per day, and you just take the hit, and you take the hit, and you take the hit, and then you're dead, right? <clears throat> Instead, get in front of this thing, get a shield, stop those errors. I did not write out this analogy, by the way, I'm, I'm quite liking it. <clears throat> um, uh, just came to me as I was talking, but you get in front of this thing and stop the hits coming at you, lead. That's what it means. I'm in trouble, I need to lead, and I need to make hard decisions, and I need to make them today. How do you get into that frame, uh, frame of mind if you're struggling with it? Well, ask yourself some questions. If you go out of business two months from now, what good were you to your employees, right? If you're struggling, or are you to your employees, if you're struggling with the idea of layoffs, it's not fair, these people need their income, Uh, they're isolated at home, it's this crazy virus. I mean, those are all reasonable things to think and to feel for sure. It's a really situation that sucks. But if you continue to pay them and then you close your doors because you're bust, because you're out of money, was that the right long-term decision for you and for those employees? If they're out of a job two months from now, as this virus thing breaks, and business gets back to normal, and you're not around, you didn't do them any favors right that hurt them. so what good are you uh, if if you if you don't survive this, your job number one is to survive so that there's jobs there for people when things turn around. What good are you to your landlord? If he has to come and lock the doors uh, two months from now because you're permanently shut down and go release this thing, uh, go, go, sorry, release this property, right? You're no good to anybody if you're close. Job number one is to save the business so there's jobs and commerce can go back to work, right? I think you logically can agree with all of that. And if you think about it that way and the decisions you have to make that way, then things become much more clear. You're in trouble, Right you're shut down, your cash flow is grounding to a halt, you're in trouble, what are you gonna do about it? Everyone needs to share in the pain to survive this crisis. Everyone, all of your stakeholders need to share in this pain. You can't and you shouldn't burden this alone. And you say to yourself, what about fairness? You know, laying off the people isn't fair. Uh, not paying my suppliers isn't fair. If you can't rationalize those decisions as fair to survive this crunch, you're, you're not going to survive it, right? If you are in a cash crunch and you can't understand that delaying supplier payments or just not making supplier payments at all is a tough decision and a step that you need to make, you're not going to survive. It sucks. The situation sucks for everybody, especially the supplier you're not paying. But you need to focus on the greater good. right that's a frame of reference uh, a mindset that's really important uh, to be able to restructure and get through this sort of crisis here's another frame of reference (laughs) that i think is important you know when you're entering the turnaround um, of a company when you're entering a crisis situation one of the things that's that's helpful to do is to think about well how long will this last like how long of a period of a cash flow crisis am i trying to bridge if i have a restaurant and it's closed because of this virus. When should I assume it's gonna be open for business and my cash flow will start again, right? Because if you can't define that with some reasonable with some reasonableness, well then you might as well just go out of business. You have to have a frame of reference, a point of view on how long of a problem this is gonna be. So how long will you be closed? And again, let's talk about uh, a restaurant as an example. It could be any business, but let's talk about a restaurant as an example. So let's say you're closed today. You actually closed uh, last week. And your view is, Uh, probably two to three weeks you're gonna be closed, right? But your worst case scenario, figure out your worst case scenario. Let's say hypothetically in your business, you say worst case is I gotta be completely shut down for six weeks, that's a long time to be shut down and have no cash flow and no business, six weeks. That's a month and a half. That's your worst case scenario. In my experience, double that. Take your month and a half, make it three months. Assume you're gonna be shut down for a full three months and then after that, there's going to be a slow ramp up. If you're on the podcast, I'm moving my hand slowly to the right. <coughs> uh, I'm not creating a hockey stick where I've gone from nothing to 100% recovery right away. It's going to be a slow ramp up. But assume if you're doing nothing and you think six weeks is your worst case scenario, assume it's 12 weeks. Assume it's three months uh, where you're going to have no cash now. So that's our that's our hypothesis. We got three months in our hypothetical shutdown restaurant here now. Let's look at our bank. Do we have, we know what all all of our costs are if we paid all of our employees, if we paid our rent, if we paid our leased equipment fees, right? Because we got some big, whatever, refrigeration, uh, capital expenditures, uh, term loans, all that sort of stuff. Uh, We got our food suppliers. If we paid everybody in the normal course for three months and had zero revenue coming in, zero cash receipts, do we have enough money in the bank? If the answer is yes, no problem, right? If you wanna spend that money and take the risk that your three months is the window, and after that, then you're all good, you don't need to restructure, okay? If the answer is no, like most small businesses in particular, um, you know, if you don't have the cash in the bank for that three month period, just do the math. (laughs) What you're gonna find out is you got a problem. And what do you do if you know there's a, there's, a, there's a probability, uh, it's more than a non-zero risk. There's a decent chance that you're gonna run out of cash during this three month period. Well, you need to start saving cash now. And how do you start saving cash now? You stop paying your bills. That's how you do it. That's what a restructuring is. Stop paying your bills, hold on to the cash, um, because that's a win-win for you. And the win-win is if you were right about the three months, Uh, If you were wrong about the three months and the economy recovers quicker and you can go back to work quicker Well, then you owe people some money because you were late paying your bills and you've got the cash still So you use your cash to pay the bills you go back to business Uh, No big deal. Maybe you need a small restructuring a small rethink on the ramp up of this business But you're gonna be fine if it lasted longer. What if your three months was too short? What if it's six months and there's no way you're gonna survive well then you've built up a war chest because you've been saving this cash now in months zero, one, two, uh, into month three. You've been building this war chest and it's a lot better to go through a formal restructuring and insolvency with a little war chest than it is with nothing in the bank. Believe me, that's a big deal. So if you're gonna run out of money during your crisis period, you need to start saving and you need to start doing it today. So let's talk about the specifics of things, some things you might do. If you're managing cash flow. I always think about cash in, cash out. Like make it that simple. So we're going to talk about cash in first. All right. So um, here's just some some uh, bullet points that I put down on ways to accelerate cash flow, get some money in the door in this situation. So let's say your business with some accounts receivables, um, and you're slow collecting. Let's say you have receivables from the energy sector, for example. Um, as long as your counterparty isn't going to go bust, and they're able to pay. Um, Call them and offer them discounts, right? Take uh, ninety-five cents on the dollar. They owe you. They owe you a hundred thousand dollars. Pay them ninety. Uh, say uh, just pay me ninety-five thousand dollars, and I'll write off that five thousand dollars. But get me the check today, or get me the cash, uh, wire transfer, certified check, whatever today. There's an option to accelerate your cash flow. Okay, you can sell your accounts receivable to a factoring company. Factorers are like little financial institutions and what they do is they buy receivables. So, And they buy portfolios, not individual receivables. But if you're a company and you've got make up a number, a million or $2 million of accounts receivable from otherwise good accounts, but they're not due for 120 days, uh, sell them to a factory company. Take your 995 cents on the dollar after collection. You might get say an 80 cent on the dollar advance. Um, and then you can You'll get the rest after they collect it, but they go through the collection procedure. They're sophisticated at this and you get some cash in the door right now. If you're my shutdown restaurant, I love this idea of selling gift certificates uh, right now uh, to bring money in to your loyal patrons who will come back and uh, use those gift certificates in three months, four months uh, from now when you're back open. That's a way to accelerate some cash flow, uh, get some money in the door. Um, virtual. Uh, solutions. If you're a gym, you, uh, yoga studio, you can do virtual classes. You can do um, you can do takeout from restaurants, which is sort of a virtual dining experience. Uh, there's some talk that the world's going to change to a to a kitchen uh, that restaurants are going to change to a really a, an external kitchen from houses in the in the future. I don't believe that things are going to be that drastic. But you know, Amazon's hiring a hundred thousand uh, people uh, was announced in the Wall Street Journal this morning, <laughs> I mean, this whole uh, direct to consumer at their home thing is, uh, is is probably a fundamental shift in the way that we consume things. Anyways, restaurants go to takeout, uh, services like uh, yoga, gym studios, you can do virtual. Um, I was speaking, uh, I was texting yesterday with a, a couple of artists in uh, Nashville, and one of them in particular was talking about they're organizing um, virtual concerts, uh, virtual performances. Um, so do that sort of stuff, market the hell of it and find a way to monetize it. There's all sorts of different strategies for that. But those are great examples of, of bringing some cash in right away. Um, you know, in summary, you're looking for a way to provide value to your brand loyal customers when you're talking about these coupons and virtual gift uh, certificates and virtual uh, sessions. Provide some value to your brand loyal customers. They will step up for you. Lastly, on the cash inside, uh, government support. We talked about this yesterday on the show. There's lots of federal government, uh, uh, state government, municipal government, provincial government, in Canada. Lots of programs being put forward. Um, uh, in Canada, BDC, we're looking at one has got a, a program they just announced. EDC has got a program, the Export Development Corporation, it's got a program they just announced, um, same in the U.S. They're all over the place. Do some research, get in on it. Um, I learned this today. I didn't know this before, but one of the significances of clearing a, a state of emergency in, um. In Ontario, for example, and every other jurisdiction, including in the US, is it triggers a lot of your insurance policies that you can actually go get insurance for loss of business and business uh, continuation insurance uh, because of this sort of disaster. Check your insurance policy, talk to your insurance broker. Maybe there's money to be had. Um, <clears throat> uh, just reminds me, I need to talk to my people about that as well. For Our, our companies are doing great. Um, we don't have the cash, you know. On that three-month test, we're fine. Uh, we can continue on as normal. And uh, we don't have anything in our portfolio currently that is in the service business that is completely shut down. So on that side, we're a little bit lucky, but on the cash side, we're good. And, um, and in fact, uh, we're using this, as I said yesterday, as an opportunity to kick ass, to hunker down and beat the competition who otherwise is in chaos right now. Okay, that was cash in. Let's talk about cash out. So employees. Marriott today, one of the largest or the largest hotel uh, company in the world, announced the furlough of tens of thousands of employees. The furlough. I'd never really heard that word in the context. I think that's more of an American thing in the context of, uh, of employees. But what it means is, is, is layoffs. That's basically what it means. So they're putting uh, tens of thousands of people um, out of work temporarily during this crisis and those people will be receiving no pay. Not some pay, not 80% pay, not 50% pay. They're receiving no pay, but they are receiving continued health benefits, all right? So Marriott is hunkering down. They've made that tough decision that we've talked about. You need to, you need to lay people off. You need, to find, uh, you need to find the law within your jurisdiction because it changes all over the place what you're allowed to do. You can learn that online, you can talk to an employment lawyer for 10 minutes, um, you can just call your local government agency and they'll tell you. Um, but there's lots of information online about this and you need to cut your employment expense because you're doing no favors to these employees if you don't exist three months from now or if you made them work and then ran out of money mid pay period and don't pay them at all, which happens all the time. Don't do it. Make the hard decision upfront because it's a fair thing to do Uh, For these employees and if you can continue their health benefits do so because that's a terrific thing to be doing obviously uh, In this critical time Your suppliers you got a bunch of payables on your list In our scenario of a restaurant we shut down if you're really slow business you maybe you're buying a little bit But you don't have enough money coming in Or you won't in your in your three-month disaster plan here to pay the suppliers on time or at all potentially It helps to remember what bankruptcy protection does. I'm not saying you're gonna file for bankruptcy protection, but that's the formal way to go about not paying your suppliers and to restructuring your unsecured debt, which means suppliers. And if you had done that, if you'd gone chapter 11 or CCAA in Canada or notice of intent to file a proposal in Canada, what do all of these things have in common? Is it's called the stay on existing debt. So they say to, the court says, issues a court order to all of your creditors, it says, okay, I'm not, you know that back debt, you know the money that company owes you? They're not gonna pay it right now. They're just gonna stop paying you, okay? And you will continue to supply and will pay most of the time and the company will pay you COD. So you're not gonna make the situation worse, okay? If if we owe you $10,000 right now, we're not at any time gonna owe you $11,000, all right? But we're also not gonna owe you nine, until the end of this process. That's what banks or bankruptcy protection does for a company like yours. Well, you could do the same thing informally. You can go to every one of your customers and you could, and every one of your suppliers, sorry, and you could say, I owe you $5,000. We can't pay you. We can't pay you. You could even say, We owe you $5,000. I can't pay you. So I'm not sending you any checks except I need to buy another $1,000 worth of goods for whatever, here's the $1,000 right now. And we're just gonna see you at the end of this you know, three months if it takes that long, and we're gonna come back to you and we either are just gonna pay you what we owe you and move on, right? And have a happy supplier customer relationship going forward or we're gonna have to restructure if things aren't going the way we thought. But for now, what we're doing is we're stopping and we're taking a holiday and we're not paying the check. Sound drastic? It is, but that's precisely what happens if you were going to bankruptcy protection. The court would do that for you, okay? So it is the fair thing to do from a restructuring perspective and you need to make hard choices. Don't make the problem worse. Do not take more credit from anybody. Don't buy things on credit, pay for what you're doing. But I suggest, but if you're shut down, you're not doing anything and you just stop paying your suppliers. You have to do it, okay? And save that money. Things turn around two weeks from now, you got the money in the bank, pay the suppliers. All good, okay? But you need to start saving, as we said. Your bank. Uh, We've talked before about how to manage your bank at a time of crisis. You need to communicate, you need to have a cash flow model. Uh, There's other shows in that. I'll be doing more shows on that. Um, Here's one thing that you could do today with your bank. You could stop paying the principal. It's called a principal holiday. You could even ask for an interest holiday, but interest holidays become a little bit problematic internally at the bank, but a principal holiday is easy. It's funny, I was talking to this, I was gonna think about that for the show today and then I was talking to the special loans officer, as I said, and uh, he volunteered that as things that they're doing for their clients. Well, you know, we just take principal holidays. Interest is tough, but we can take a principal holiday. So stop paying the principal on your debt. And if you have a term loan on equipment, stop paying the principal. If you have leased equipment in your restaurant, call the call the people that gave you the lease. Just say, "Look, at, I'm not I'm not paying this for three months," and they're going to threaten. Well, we're going to come, we're going to come uh, take your equipment out, and just tell them, "Fine, you know, like, get a court order, right? Good luck getting a court date today because all the courts are gone too, right? Every all the judges are out, right? For this sort of thing, so <clears throat> you need to take these drastic decisions, uh, but you can get away with that. Um, term loans I talked about, your bank I talked about, uh, your operating lease your real estate. I can negotiate that. Um, but it's tough. And I do that. I've been doing this for 30 years. Um, you probably just need to pay your rent because landlords have all sorts of other remedies available to them. And if they're aggressive and some are, um, you know, it's tough. It's just tough. The the law's not on your side for that. So you can get away with like 10 days and 15 days, and, you know, you see companies all the time that haven't paid their rent in three months because the landlord has been pretty forgiving. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm saying the law's not on your side on this. And everything else I talked about, uh, you're in a pretty strong position legally to not get shut down by whoever it is that you're not paying. All right. So there's some ideas for getting more cash in uh, to stop putting cash out to help your cash flow. And then when you're when you've made those hard decisions because you're in the right frame of mind, which is to save your damn business so that you're of use to somebody three months from now, then what you need to do is rebuild your new plan for the new normal because you're not going from zero revenue back to 100% day one. You need to build up and maybe you're not at 100% for two years right? Maybe you're good. Maybe in the new normal is 70% or 80%. So maybe you don't hire back all of those people. Maybe you increment your way in the plan, spend this time off thinking about those sorts of things. And here's an offer for you. If you're a listener, you hear this, you need to get some help to get through these decisions, What to understand what you can get away with and what you can't get away with. You're in a war. You need someone giving you consult uh, consultation. And if you want to call me, or if you want to email me, they're going to put my phone number and the email in the description and just call me up, email me, and you've got five minutes of my time for free. Uh, I won't charge you anything. Ask me questions. I'm, I'm, this is drastic times. I'm happy to help you try to work through that. Thank you for listening. This has been a Martinez with Scott. Um, we are a show about winning a business uh, geared towards business managers, uh, owners, entrepreneurs, directors, anybody who's excited about winning at business. And as a parting note, I want to thank uh, uh, my good friend, Patty, who is not an Irish person, despite uh, her name. Uh, And she sent me a quote that I love today from Jackie Gleason. It said, a man must defend his home, his wife, his children, and his martini. That's exactly what I do with the parting thought. Everybody have a great St. Patty's evening.